a catastrophic, unrecoverable knockdown by a big wave. That's what caused the Enchanter to roll on its side, throwing all 10 people on board into the wild South Pacific Ocean. In their report, the TAIC investigators applaud the quick response of the first rescue helicopter that plucked five people out of the water and saved their lives. But Chief Investigator Naveen Kozapakalam says delays in mustering rescue crews, as well as a lack of dedicated rescue aircrafts and fuel, meant time ran out for those still in the cold water. There was significant delay in searching for the five missing people while fuel for the rescue helicopter was sourced. And the tragedy is that all of these factors had an effect on survivability. It took almost two days for the bodies of the remaining five people to be found. The Commission found several shortcomings in New Zealand's search and rescue need to be addressed, including gaps in training, a lack of dedicated aircraft and insufficient fuel supply. And Chief Commissioner Jane Mears wants the Ministry of Transport to take immediate action. Lives may be lost if New Zealand's search and rescue response is inadequate and inefficient due to a lack of aircraft that are fully equipped and crewed for extended search and rescue operations in remote areas. The Ministry of Transport should coordinate with other agencies to identify and source air and maritime assets to meet New Zealand's full search and rescue requirements. Northern Rescue Helicopter Chief Executive Craig Gibbons agrees about the importance for these lifeline systems. There is an issue with um, availability of resources. It's not just for the top of Northland. Um, There are places like this throughout New Zealand where it's very difficult to keep the right amount of fuel resources in place to deal with any emergency at any time. Mr Gibbons says it's expensive storing 10,000 litres of fuel, which only has a shelf life of about a year before it has to be replaced. However, he says the Rescue Trust is already working with the government to improve fuel supply for the far north. He says it's not yet clear what dedicated search and rescue aircraft would entail. With respect to dedicated search and rescue aircraft, we'd probably have to get into the detail and say, are they suggesting... You know, perhaps similar to the Australian model where there's dedicated jets available to go do search and rescue and then the community-based rescue helicopters prosecute the rescue itself. The devil's going to be in the detail. The Northland Chopper crew was awarded New Zealand's top search and rescue award earlier this year for their part in the Enchanter rescue. No one on board the Enchanter was wearing a life jacket when it sank, and the report also recommends changes to how life jackets are stowed. The skipper survived and is facing a charge of exposing individuals to risk of death or serious harm. The director of the Search and Rescue Secretariat, Duncan Furner, says work has already started on implementing the Commission's recommendations. Amy Williams reporting there, and as you heard, due to the sudden capsize of the Enchanter, none of those on board were wearing life jackets. None of the charter guests had been shown how to put them on, and all jackets were stored in a single location on the boat, which couldn't be reached when the boat fell apart suddenly. None of the four life boys on board had effective reflectors on them, and without life jackets with strobe lights, it would have been difficult to see survivors in the water, according to the report. 
It also says passengers should practice putting on life jackets so they don't have to learn under pressure. Jackets should be stored around the boat for accessibility during an emergency. Uh, They also say that there's a safety benefit to wearing a personal locator beacon and an automatic tracking device on board the vessel itself would reduce the time for rescue. Chief Executive of the Maritime Industry Association of New Zealand, Peter Busfield, joins us now. Hello, Peter. Yes, good afternoon. What did you make of the report in its totality? Um, Well, I thought the report made sense. I thought it was um, plain English, their recommendations. And uh, from these tragedies, we have to learn for the future to keep people safe. And so I commend the Commission in in their findings and and indeed um, the different risk organisations that are taking heed of those findings and taking some action. Let's have a look at some of the things. Life jackets. Show your passengers how to put them on and place them in several positions around the vessel. That sounds pretty straightforward, doesn't it? Yes, well, it's always easy in hindsight after these tragedies uh, to be critical. Um, but I think you know there are some learnings from here. I mean, firstly, the, the laws regarding life jackets is that you have to wear them unless the skipper deems it's safe enough to take them off. So I think this is a warning for recreational and, and commercial um, boat users. Is that like, like children or in the evening time it goes dark, then that's a time when I think people should be wearing their life jackets as a minimum. If they're not wearing them, then they have to be easily accessible. Um, and now inflatable life jackets are available. They don't sort of take up too much room on your body. You can still fish with them and have fun in the sun. So if you're not wearing them, at least have them in a place that you can easily access them. And yes, that does make sense. And showing people actually how to use them and put them on before it comes to a critical situation. Yes, well, that, that, that certainly would be, would be very practical and wouldn't take uh, very long to do that. What do you think about the mention of personal locator beacons? Because in other um, sports or recreations, people do carry them, like skiing. Well, that would be highly recommended. And the price is coming down now. I think, you know, for around 400 or a little bit more, you can buy a personal locator beacon. I mean, it's quite a lot of money, uh, but the value of them is so good. Whether you're up in the mountains or out at sea, uh, that would be the ideal situation. But it is quite a costly piece of equipment. So I understand why not everyone has them, but it would be recommended, particularly those people going offshore or or boating in the evening. um, That would be highly recommended. What about the search and rescue operation in itself? There wasn't specialist helicopter crews standing by. They had to go and specifically pick up an experienced wincher. And then they waited hours to fuel the choppers. Well, well, I think that, you know, obviously the, the areas are improvement there. And it's not, I'm not my area of expertise. And the search and rescue uh, organisations, I'm sure, will be addressing that. I but mean, does it give maritime... you much confidence in a country that is surrounded by water? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. We're a maritime nation and um, we don't want a bigger tragedy because there's more people more people on board a vessel that needs more infrastructure. So I hope that this, this is a warning that will better prepare us for any future situation where we can actually save lives. So I'll leave that to the search and rescue organisation. But one thing I will say is that when they do that, that research, um, I mean, in this incident, after the emergency beacon was sent off and the authorities knew that someone was in a mayday situation, I think it took about two hours before a helicopter actually left the land 
uh, actually to, to, to start that rescue. And uh, if that two-hour time zone could be brought down to one hour, I think that would be a huge improvement. So that's, uh, hopefully they're working on that, those type of timeframes as well. In terms of the equipment on board this particular vessel, there were lifebuoys that had no functioning um, reflectors on them, meaning that a nighttime rescue was made particularly difficult, you know, seeing people in the water. Who's responsible for making sure gear on board is up to scratch? Uh, well, well, that's an area for, for for the skipper and also for the Maritime New Zealand rules, and I think that's being dealt with within the report and it'll, it'll be followed up. But it certainly makes sense to have proper safety equipment that's in working order. I mean, in this situation, I think we'll also just give a, give a little bit of um, credit to why there were five lives actually saved. I know it's a tragedy that five lives are lost, but from what I could see in this, we're actually very fortunate we didn't have 10 fatalities. And that was put down to the good work of the skipper actually manually uh, setting off the, the beacon. Um, the beacon was meant to go off automatically, but he, he retrieved it and he set it off manually. And then the, the rescue operators with their teams, you know, in, in pretty dire conditions, the, the helicopter, they, they actually plucked out five people from, from a rolling sea in a boat at night time. So I think we need to give credit to the positives of what we did, what was actually achieved, uh, bearing in mind there's a tragedy that maybe more people could have been saved if things went a little bit differently. And absolutely all credit to them. On the point of the beacon, which identified their location, it needed to be set off. That is another thing that comes up in this report, that boats should be having automatic trackers on board so that their location is known and a speed and the speed um, of a rescue is much quicker. Yes, well, these automatic trackers are relatively new and certainly haven't filtered down to many recreational boats. Um, but I do think that for commercial vessels going past particularly the 12-mile line off New Zealand, I think that would be a good recommendation. That These are automatic units that actually track where that vessel is at any point in time, a bit like the GPS in your car, um, and you know exactly where that vehicle, or in this case a vessel, is and the authorities can quickly identify um, the location. So again, uh, the price of these automatic systems are coming down, and I think that would be sensible to look, particularly vessels, whether recreational or or commercial, uh, going offshore, definitely more than 12 miles.